Hey guys, and welcome to everybody's favorite audio distraction, ASTP, a strange thing podcast, where cold drinks and strange conversations are the best combination. As always, we're coming to you hot and fast from the ASTP Stranger Zone, and I am your host, Austin. (laughs) If you go all the way around the room, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, the Odin to my Thor, Mike. Mike, how you doing? What's what's going on, man? Bring in the energy. You are. We've been talking about how we need to start having fun again. So I became Chad Studley. You kind of caught me off guard, I got to say. Hey, I'm I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. But yeah, he is high energy. Maybe mm-hmm. it has to do with your new diet and you've been working out and all that stuff. I'm down over 30 pounds. Oh, well, I don't know. I'd say you're looking good, but you're my son, so that would be weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would be very strange. Would be weird. What <laughs> episode number is this? Do you know? Yeah. Well, okay. I am Mike, and you are Austin, mm-hmm. and this is episode number 18. 18. Of a Strange Thing podcast. We're almost at 20. I know. We're almost... We um, are almost one year into this endeavor called a Strange Thing podcast. Go figure, right? 18 episodes over the course of a year. We would have had... We were shooting for 24 episodes in a year. We're not going to make it because of this... No. COVID. We really have to smush them out. Yeah, and COVID kind of derailed us. But it did, and babies, and ugh. We might get 20, or I think we're going to actually probably get 19. I wish maybe push for 20. If we can get two more in before 9-11, because our, our first kickoff launch was on 9 mm-hmm. And not even because we you know, planned it that way. It, it was just, just out that it way. was that way. We know it's kind of a hot number, mm-hmm. conspiratorially. Yes. And emotionally. And you know what else is weird about 9 11 mm. of last year, of 2019? Mm-hmm. Last year, on September 11th, we were up in the mountains recording A our intros thing in, in the, the woods. woods. <laughs> we were recording it without even knowing what we were going to talk about yep. because we hadn't gotten <laughs> any stories fun. yet. It was. <laughs> And we were up there out in the wilderness having a good time, and Mm -hmm. we recorded, and I had prearranged for the launch of our first podcast to automatically launch while we were up there. It was was a very momentous day. It was. And we have come a long way. We have. We've done a lot of things. We've added three vehicular units. And you're right. We've got the Investigation Destination Vehicle. The IDV. IDV. And the MIDVs. The MIDVs. Mini Investigation Destination Vehicles. Otherwise known as motorcycles. Yeah. The cool part. (laughs) So it's really cool because the MIDVs go into the IDV. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like they are basically what you would call a... Super duper setup. Oh, yep. oh yeah, it's been a good year. We've we've learned a lot about podcasting. We've learned a lot about whiskey. Door. And then you know, you said pecker glyphs. Pecker <laughs> Which pecker. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to say that yeah, word. Probably not. Yeah, probably not a good word. Pecker glyphs. You see those at like uh, high school bathroom stalls? Yes, you do. Little pecker glyphs all over the stall doors. Sometimes I see them. <laughs> <laughs> scratched in there with yeah. the yeah. <laughs> underneath is like I saw one on the road today. Peckerglyph? A peckerglyph. Somebody <laughs> painted, spray painted. Oh, a, it's a pecker a peckerglyph. A peckerglyph. A pecker pick. Peckergraph. On the ground, on the asphalt painted. of a giant erect male unit. Mm, a phallic yeah. symbol. A phallic symbol, which are will. also quite common on Disney movies. Petroglyphs. <laughs> 
Oh man, we're way off topic. <laughs> yeah, we are. Like we said, this is episode number 18. Yeah. And we are talking about Strange Rocks. And tonight is our last episode on Strange Rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to migrate. We have a nice kind of segue mm-hmm. into our next topic. Yep. And our next topic is going to be really fun. You know, speaking of segues. Oh no. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just like say speaking of segues <laughs> because it's like a segue. A segue to a segue? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Move I on. We're going to talk about move the, along. the people Let's get mover. this rock rolling. In our last episode, we kind of ended talking about the commonality of certain symbols that you find on petroglyphs. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of things that were similar. Like you find spirals, you find dots. Snakes. You find snakes. And that's, that's kind of where we left it. Mm-hmm. Because when we got to snakes and serpents and feathered serpents and dragons... Mm-hmm. We stumbled across something that's quite unique. And when I say we stumbled, I'm talking about you and me because I think people have stumbled across this. I've actually watched you stumble on a snake. (laughs) A rattlesnake. What do you mean stumble? I leapt like a deer. Like a leopard with a broken foot. No, like a deer, man. I was like, (laughs) boing. I was going a footless deer. Who thought your old pops could jump that high? I don't know. Anyway. I didn't say but anyway, so you can't drink. Yep. Speaking of uh, snakes and stuff. Yes. We were playing um, Cards Against Humanity. You ever played that game? Yeah, it's a sick, awful game. <laughs> it's fun. And uh, I was playing with my in-laws, oddly enough. <laughs> That's even more yeah, awful. But one of the cards I got was Flying Sex Snake. Flying Sex Snake? Yeah. And I thought that was weird because we had just talked about, like, you know, just flying sex snakes. Well, you know what's really weird? So... This is a little sidebar, but it's still, sidebar it's still connected. We were talking about how serpents on petroglyphs are found all over the world, mm-hmm. not just in, in you know, Americas, but all over the place. All over. And then we started talking about that the mythology behind these symbols that are on the petroglyphs or inscribed on rocks in Egypt or in Assyria mm-hmm. or Babylon or wherever you want to go. That there is a whole mythos surrounding them. And a lot of those deal with sex. Yeah, that's why I thought it was funny. Yeah, I know. Flying sex name. I know. And it's just bizarre. I mean, yeah, I kind of chuckle at this because... But in a way, I get kind of creeped out. Because when you get into this stuff, everything seems to kind of go back to the same origin. And that origin is always about sex, mm-hmm. giants, UFOs... The paranormal. It's like everything always comes back to those. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking at like these ancient inscriptions on rocks, they're often about things like gods coming from outer space or another world or a parallel dimension, yep. having sex with humans, creating these chimera offspring, offspring. that end up being worshipped and extremely violent or whatever they are, horrible. And then humanities fight against them or another gods fight against them to expunge them from the face of the earth. And those kind of common threads and stories are are everywhere. They really are. It's kind of weird. And I had no idea. And I think part of what the reason we notice it now is because we have the Internet where we can finally connect these dots. Kind of like you were saying earlier when yeah. we were talking about it. It's so weird. It's weird. I don't know really what that means other than then it's like somehow all these different cultures have a similar 
upbringing. They they have experienced or heard the same stories. Yep. Or legends. That's kind of just the natural progression. I mean, I wonder about so, that. So okay. how would that work? Okay, how, how many teenage boys are out there thinking about Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> and how many teenage girls are out there thinking about Chris Scarlett Johansson? Johansson. <laughs> we never know. Yeah, can't judge them. No, no judge. But um, you know, people are always like striving. So like, I just want to grow up and find a man who's strong and capable and can hunt and also can shoot lightning from his fingers. You know, <laughs> yeah. like like because I'm sure every little girl does that. <laughs> I don't know, but people have unrealistic expectations. And you can see how, like, a story about extreme unrealistic expectations, like every romantic comedy mm-hmm. ever, kind of manipulates your um, perception of how your future is supposed to be. They were, like, fighting constantly and dealing with all kinds of problems, different tribes, whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of these tales aren't necessarily, like, supernatural origins, but maybe they are, like, a... Well, this guy could have been our savior, and and let's 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 tell our kids about a positive future where we marry and sleep with this angelic, you know, wise I, being. I kind of get that idea, but what's weird about it is all of these cultures that share these same kind of stories or these same kind of characters. I mean, maybe you could say, kind of like you're you're going for, which is in all these cultures there are snakes everywhere, right? And yeah. there's something about snakes that Except are weird. Hawaii. People react. <laughs> Yeah, Hawaii and New Zealand and those New Zealand. I don't think there's an in Ireland either, right? Because that one guy he Hawaii. cast them all out. He's a he's a saint. He's Saint uh, somebody. Saint apostrophe. He drove all the snakes out of Ireland. Hmm. I don't know. That that's the myth. Must have been a big car. <laughs> but <laughs> or little snakes. <laughs> oh, <geez>. But uh, <laughs> or there never were snakes there. Mm. And he just <laughs> claimed it. He's like, yeah, you want to know why there's no snakes here? <laughs> oh, saint apostrophe did that. But no. I mean, okay, so you could say, yeah, all these cultures have snakes. A lot of them are dangerous, so people revere them. And they mm-hmm. stay away from them because they're creepy, right? Yep, slithery. And so you could kind of go there. But what doesn't make sense is that the stories aren't about a creature that's scary and poisonous or dangerous. The stories are always about a representative of that snake that is a god or a demigod that mm-hmm. does something. Yeah. And though that is a weird thing that would just develop in multiple cultures across the world that are totally separated. They don't have the same unless they have the same kind of influence, why would they say the same kind of stories and use the, the same creature to tell those stories? Right. And that's one thing that's really fascinating. And it's not just serpents. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's what we closed on on our last episode. We talked about these feathered or flying serpents. And you could call them dragons because in other cultures they're dragons. Or, And if you go to like Assyria or Babylon and they're on the gate, the Ishtar gate, mm-hmm. there are these, they walk, they have legs, but they are dragons with a forked tongue. Ooh. You have uh, Quetzalcoatl. I know that word. I don't know what it means. You have Quetzalcoatl out of South America or the Aztecs worship this feathered serpent god hmm. who is also a human. And so then you've got the whole idea in modern times of like reptilian shapeshifters. Right. So, and they're always like combined with UFOs Mm -hmm. or aliens or transdimensional beings. Hmm. Or you could use the old words, which would be gods or Elohim or the, uh, what's the, Anunnaki. 
and Naki, yeah. which is reptilian. another, and they're not even necessarily reptilian, but they are these gods that came and gave man like uh, all kinds of technology and information they weren't supposed to have. And then you have the Watchers, you have the stuff out of like the Book of Enoch, which are like these fallen angels or fallen gods that come and, and cohabit with women. And there are all these myths about serpents, serpentine, reptilian, a, all kinds I'm, of weird stuff that's One that it. I think of is like a, I don't know where I heard this. It's a weird one. There's like a giant snake. I think it's Australia, mate. Uh-huh. There's a snake down yeah. there. On the bobby. Yeah. Anyway, they, uh, there's like a giant snake, and it's like the one that carved the canyon or the river through. Oh, the, the story of it. Mm-hmm. And and there was like a giant fire. Well, yeah. that's, that's a But the Aborigines part. in Australia, which is like, I mean, Australia is far out, man. Australia's far out, Mike. You'd go down there, you've seen kangaroos, you see many kangaroos. It's crazy. Everything's weird down under. Yep, down under. Yeah. <laughs> But they have like uh, I, I wish I knew the story, but like a snake like carved the the river through. Mm-hmm. And it was a giant snake, and they didn't worship it, and it brought like a fire. I, I'm probably way off, but well, it's I the- think it's crazy that even Australia, which is like way in my, mm-hmm. it's like you can't say most of the words Australians say on the radio. Well, it's the same like there was F a word in the sea what's his name uh, Thor, Thor in that mythology. And uh, the Battle of Ragnarok, and there was a giant serpent that was able was so huge it was able to wrap its, itself all the way around the world. And Thor managed to kill it with his hammer. With his hammer. But then he took like nine steps and died. Because, Thor did. Yeah, because Thor he was, can't die. the poison of the nope. snake killed him. Don't believe it. Thor's my favorite. <laughs> I mean, but it's the same kind of of, right. of story. And you get into Native American stories, and there are I mean, there's too many to even begin to try to say. Right. A lot of a lot of mythology around snakes. Yes. Long story short. Yes, and not only snakes in mythology, but snakes were so important in cultures separated across the world that they were chiseled into stone. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to find a way to to reconcile it, but the only thing that kind of makes sense is that they had some kind. They shared some original story. Right. They shared the creature the god the whatever it was that was the serpent creature and if you can look in judeo-christian traditions you can look all over the place and that character is there mm-hmm. and that's weird so another another thing that's really interesting about this is like in the mesopotamian history and mythologies so there in the times of like you look in, in like the biblical setting you had canaanites you had you had all these Philistines. You had all these these people that were supposedly very evil. Mm-hmm. And then you have Israel that was supposed to be a light to the nations, and they failed miserably most of the time. <laughs> but they go into these areas, and they were worshiping different gods. And those gods were um, you know, like Marduk and Bel or Baal. They called them the Baals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were often tied to the image of the serpent or the snake or the dragon or coiled around mm-hmm. the image of the serpent yeah so like marduk and molech he's another one now molech was like a symbol of he he was kind of seen as a bull mm-hmm. but he's also often associated with marduk and Baal. which are snakes one of their their manifestations is a serpent mm-hmm. or a snake or a dragon like a bull snake yeah and so 
One thing weird about all of those Mesopotamian gods, they were renowned and known for their child sacrifice mandates. Yikes. So you have all these people, the Philistines, the Canaanites, and even the even Clintons. the Judeans that went into the land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about Epstein here. But, but they were sacrificing their children in this Molech, um, to this Molech god. And they would build this like giant altar with, mm. that had the head of a bull. And they would put fire in the belly of this thing and stoke it high. And then he had his arms out. And they would glow and they would, like, red, roll. and they would roll their yep. daughters and sons down into the belly of this, heard that. and surrender them to the flames. Mm-hmm. And it's like so. Many of these stories are nefarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're bad. They're bad they're things. Naughty. They were not good creatures. Now, some serpents were kind of good. They mm-hmm. were like garter snakes. Like in a lot of Asian cultures, they were water dragons. Mm-hmm. And they were actually benevolent. They were good, mm-hmm. and, you know, or at least they were neutral. Mm-hmm. They weren't bad or malevolent. Like Spyro. Yeah, they were They were fairly good entities. And mm-hmm. they and a lot of times the, the whole concept of a serpent could be a token or sign of good luck. Interesting. Yeah, so, it, you know, different things change in different cultures. But when you get to mythology of these dragons flying serpents feathered serpents there's a lot of nastiness that surround them so long story short is there are a lot of weird things on rocks that are evidence of mythologies that permeated a culture thousands of years ago and it wasn't just the culture of those rocks that we saw but it was the culture of all these societies across the globe that had similar narratives and similar characters and similar symbols and similar mythologies. Right. At the same time. And that is just so fascinating. Yeah, there's something weird about just rocks in general. Like, I don't know if it's just a material that we have available. Well, they're really hard. Yeah. They last a long time. They do. But it's what is it about... Okay, so you and I were talking about maybe I'd come up with a list of like favorite cool rocks. Rocks. Yeah. So I came up with three that I thought were like real. I was, you know, I'm looking, I was looking forward when we talked about this. I was looking forward to finding out what your favorite rocks are. Okay. I think there are two of them are obvious. Okay. One of them is, you probably have no idea. Okay, so the first one, and you were talking about how it's all over the world there's these weird rocks, mm-hmm. right? Is Stonehenge. Stonehenge in, in England. England. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know the exact location, like what area exactly. I can narrow it down for you. Okay. It's in the United Kingdom. The UK. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I had a teacher from the UK. He was a welding teacher and he did not drive. You're welcome. He's pretty cool. His name was Meowkem. Anyway, I think it's <laughs> fun fact is that uh According to this little documentary dilly I was watching and kind of doing some little bit of research, is it shrinking because of earthworms or oh, something? Oh, sinking. Sinking, yeah. Shrinking, sinking. Shrinking Depends would on be like... perspective, I guess. Well, we wouldn't know if the universe is collapsing because everything would be shrinking with it. Like, you know, if you rode on a balloon yeah. and it shrunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wouldn't know if it's shrinking, but we would know if it's sinking. Yep. Yep. Okay. You're welcome. But... 
Yeah, apparently it's sinking. Like, it's slowly, like, by one... Because of earthworms? One, yeah, apparently... So, obviously, they have to eat, decay stuff. You know, like, they, they take in that carbon or whatever. And they... At the surface. Yeah. And then, and then apparently it's slow, like, very, very slowly. And then, like, a thousand years or something, it'll, like, lose a Inch. foot or... I don't know. A foot? Holy I crap. I don't know. I'm not a freaking wormiologist. Okay, so it's... Um, Stonehenge is, is uh, sinking, not shrinking. Stonehenge is sinking because of earthworm farts. Okay. Yep. No, poop. Poop. Poop okay. and farts are way different, trust are. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's weird that it has a connection to like the uh, fairy myth, mm-hmm. which fairy myths kind of tie into a lot of other stuff like UFOs and Sasquatch. And okay, all and also which we're going to talk about in a minute, um, fairy myths, Native American myths of the cannibal dwarfs. A okay. lot of Native American legends of small fairy-like hobbit creatures in Native American mythology. I think typically, so a story that comes to mind about Stonehenge, it specifically is in fairy circles, is like a thing. Fairy circles. Fairy circles. Um, uh, fairies will like kidnap a loved one. Yes. I stole the baby! I stole the baby! <laughs> and then they will impersonate that loved one. And you have to kind of best wits with this fairy to retrieve the person that you... You have to outsmart him? Basically, I'm not like a fairy enologist. Kind of like Bilbo when he was outwitting Gollum in the... Yes, precious. Yeah. Yes, I guess. Kind of? No, not at all. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But they're purposefully facetious. And they they kind of like play tricks. And they... They'll like um, come to you as somebody you know to lure you back into some place, and they want to keep you forever unless you can best wits and outsmart and you, them. you can outsmart them. And there's been stories of people like seeing a loved one mm-hmm. in this fairy realm, and um, actually like which is underground and has its own light source, that's yeah, 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 unidentifiable uh-huh. or something. But um, they they'll see like somebody who's died in the past, and they'll come mm. to them and be like, "You need to get out of here." If you don't get out fast, you will be here forever and they'll devour you or something like that. So that's kind of weird. And Stonehenge has a lot of those weird things. And then um, I heard a story of a, a, a young girl who moved there from like Montana or something stupid. And she actually ended up dead near Stonehenge. And they thought because she was like dabbling in the occult. Mm-hmm. That maybe she had like gone there as a ritualistic thing. And, killed and maybe that's or... what that whole area was. Um, Druids made it to like some kind of spell casting, yeah, or, super structure or something. And um, X-ray and sonar kind of uh, investigation of that area has kind of revealed that it seems like there's a bunch of skeletons around there. Oh, like a like deep, a bunch, like a burial ground. Oh, and like, these are like uh, gravestones almost. Yeah, what do they call those ground penetrating radar? Yeah, maybe, probably. Hmm. Hmm. But uh, so it's built on like a cemetery. Yeah, kind of thing, and they said like it was a holy, almost a, like a holy burial site. Yeah, like probably like higher up people because there's not a mm-hmm. ton of them, but there's a lot. There's enough to make it like well, there's a lot of dead people here, and they said that there's almost a fifty-fifty ratio of men to women. So it was like, uh, like not only like cultural equality was pretty prevalent, but apparently these were like maybe like kings and queens or you know they kind of had like a I don't yeah. know. I thought that was cool. 
That's one of my favorite rocks. So that was a lot of information about one of your favorites. What's your uh, second favorite rock? Um, Obviously, I think the next obvious rock cool thing is Easter Island. You know, I did a little research on Easter Island Mm -hmm. because it is really cool. And I just want to point out that there is a cave there that has petroglyphs (gasps) or pictographs. I think Mm -hmm. a little both. That is called Cave of the Dragon. Easter Island's cool because all of the heads face out towards the ocean. Yeah. Around this small island, I think it's off of like, off of Chile. Yes. So Easter Island's off of Chile and all of the Easter Island heads are facing out towards the ocean. Yeah. Except for two. And apparently, I don't know what one of them is. It didn't really go into that. But the other one's like a bearded man. Uh-huh. And uh, apparently Easter Island's heads actually have bodies and like, Their heads are uh, proportionally off compared to their bodies, but Mm. they're all facing out towards the ocean, like protect. Oh boy, their heads are way too big. But yeah, they're all looking out towards the the ocean, like they're like maybe like watching. And then there's this one that's like kind of bowing, and he's like on his knee, and his hands kind of out. He's got a beard. What's the age of those stone creatures? They're pretty old. I don't remember the exact date. I had, like, pretty good notes on all this stuff, and it oh, didn't oh, save. Oh, 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 I know. Oh, 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 oh he hey, knows. Hey, <gasps> How old are the Easter Island heads? 500 years old. On the website, theculturetrip.com, they say, this is a question of much debate among scholars in the field, although there is a consensus they were built sometime between 400 and 1500 AD. That means all the statues are at least 500 years old, if not much more. They're pretty old, but not as old as I thought they would be. Yeah, they're not like 14,000 years old, like thing down at Winnemucca Lake. Winnemucca. But they are cool, and they're all facing out, and they're giant, and they're disproportionate, which I think is cool. Somebody went through all the effort to move giant stones. Why would they do that? That's my question. And they've done a... like a, a, They're like, there's no way people at this time could have moved them. But if you carve them, and apparently they were able to... Like scientists... Mm-hmm. Were able to like walk the statue, like I don't know how many, but they were able to like actually shuffle it across land, like oh, it's just, walking. Just wrote, just kind of get a little off balance. Yeah, with like kinda, rope or you know, just don't tip tool. it over, man. Yeah, that would it'd be, be a louder pain than hell. Tip it over. And just don't let it fall on your yeah. Anyway, I thought that mistake. was cool, and I, it, they seemed to me like they were either a representation of a god or. Maybe an intimidation factor from well, like you, you Chile know, people coming in, and they were like, "Oh, that's a big fella standing on the sand." Right. So, if you want to find the mythology of that, mm-hmm. you could ascribe something like the Watchers mm-hmm. to what those might symbolize, because the Watchers were always looking out for humanity. Mm-hmm. So, even like as bad as it as it was, you remember the uh, movie with Russell Crowe, Noah, um, or Noah, whatever, yeah. and they had those rock giants. Mm-hmm. That's what those were. They were the Watchers. And in the uh, the Book of Enoch, which is not official reading material, it's, mm-hmm. it never was canonized and put in the Bible, but it's referred to in the Bible. So it existed at the time the that time, some yeah. of the writers were writing. But they talk about the Watchers, which were these angelic beings or gods, right. these Elohim that left their estate. And they basically were assigned a, a region of people. Yeah to protect and to watch over. That's why they have the name Watchers. The Creator formed us on the second day, the day he made the heavens. We watched over Adam and Eve, saw their frailty and their love, and then we saw their fall and we pitied them. 
We were not stone then, but light. It was not our place to interfere. Yet we chose to try and help mankind. And when we disobeyed the Creator, He punished us. We were encrusted by your world. So it's really strange to me that now you are talking about one of your favorite rock formations in the middle of this island outside of Chile. And there's giant heads that probably are associated with these same historic legends. Probably. Potentially. Potentially. I mean, from my... I'm not a professional. I'm total hack, right? We've talked about this. But from my hack... In my brain, it sounds like that's a really good match. It sounds good. Yeah. Looks good on paper. It looks good on paper and it fits. Another thing I thought was cool um, is that the Easter Island area seems like uninhabited. Yeah. But through some equation and mathematical and historical references, they can find that there was, I think it was like sweet potatoes or something that grew there abundantly. People actually... And there could have been like a pretty good population. I wish I had more numbers. So was it like, were they like agricultural? They would actually I think, like I think they were it? like farming. Or the, were they just gleaners? I think they were farming. That's crazy. But that was only 500 years ago. Well, they said like, 500 like to... You're almost 500 one, years. 1 right? AD to 500. So, I mean, that could be anywhere up to 2,000 years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty darn old. Anyway, so that one's kind of weird, and it, 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 like, fairy circle's weird, but it looks like just a bunch of rocks. Easter Island's kind of weird, because it's a lot of effort. I mean, could you imagine scratching all these pretty yeah. in-depth faces with detail and Not even big nostrils? And, oh my gosh. You know, like, it's pretty intense. Yeah, that's weird. My third one, the last one, you're welcome, guys, is uh, it's at Dry Fork Canyon in Utah. And I had to poke around all over. I was actually looking for a different one, and I found this one. I was like, that's my new favorite. It's got giant horned monsters holding decapitated heads of humans with with <laughs> with, with with crying faces. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and they're big human-like monsters just pulling people apart. There's one where, like, a head is next to, like, a foot. And it's like, it's pretty messed up. And they got big old heads like Easter Island, which, which made me kind of make that leap. And I thought that was gross and weird. And maybe it's, an, it's a perspective thing. Like maybe it's symbolic. Like the other tribe or the other group of people that lived here were superior and they killed us all and they cut off our heads. And that's why they're bigger in the paintings because the winners write history, right? So do you see those as petroglyphs or pictographs i think they're i think they were pecked to pick to peppers i think they're pictographs i think they are pictographs but Mm -hmm. i said rocks yes no i you know it's really weird that you say that because i was looking at part of what we were going to talk about in a little bit these cannibals and that was one of the references that came up in this canyon Mm. because they're decapitated and there are these weird kind of manifestations of like humanoid creatures there you know they could be skinwalkers or you know who knows what they're referring to they could be the shaman but it's really weird that that came up as one of the searches and now you're talking about one of your you got that one yeah yeah it's totally uh, yeah it was one of the ones i uh, came up with the utah nine mile canyon the skinwalker native american witch mythos crazy yeah i I put it there just for that here's another so i guess there's pick to pick to peckers 
<laughs> around uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, which totally, is yeah. which is I've heard that I couldn't find any online. Another one that but the, somebody but told me. But the mythology me, of Skinwalker Ranch in that area between the two tribes that one of them, they will not even look at that direction of the ranch because of the curse that was put on there in the Skinwalker. But we'll get into Skinwalkers here So in a the last one I found is a half one. This is a co-worker grew up around Oregon. Okay. I think it's right on the border of Oregon and California. There's a lava bed there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there's this petro pet petroglyph pecker ticker and <laughs> it's a scratchy one mm-hmm. and on this scratchy one is petroglyph pecker i think they call it petroglyph point and it's right on the edge of this big lava bed like craters of the moon yeah for you you know in idaho people it's like a it's, it looks like a a moon scene it's just weird rolling Craters. Volcanic, swirly rocks in craters. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But on this picter-pector is... Petroglyph. Petroglyph is these scratches, and they thought it was Native American. And then uh, through more recent research, they, they're starting to think it's um, Norse, like uh, like Viking. Like oh, one wow. of the earliest Viking contacts with the, the U.S. Weird. With the Americas, yeah. Weird. Yeah, so I thought that was really cool, but I was trying to track it down, and he's like, it's a small thing, there's a big sign when you get there, but I was I couldn't remember exactly the location, and I was trying to use, like, keywords that he had given me. Well, if we can find it, I'll put it up on the website. Yeah. Which, which, you know, I should say here, because it's a perfect moment. Yeah, go to our website, check it out. I've been putting these little blog posts that support each one of our episodes, so go there. We have links to a lot of what we talked about. Cool. You're okay. Up. Okay, my turn for my favorite rocks. Mm-hmm. So, one of my first favorites, probably because I grew up in the area and I saw it all the time, is Balanced Rock. rock this is outside of a, a Hollister, Idaho. Um, it's just this weird kind of almost like a golf club kind of top rock that's huge. Yeah, it's a weird one. I think I've talked about it last. Yeah, time. and it's just kind of it's on this small base. And it sticks up like a giant golf club head. I'm, yeah. And he, there are pictures of people like on the top of it playing cards. Yeah. And he was like a, a professional rock climber yeah. or something. And you know what was really sad is this has probably been 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Somebody tried to blow it up and yeah. knock it over. And they did some damage to it, but it didn't fall. Yeah, and patched so, it. Yeah, so they came in with some like concrete type Mortar. stuff and they tried to shore it up. Because it is kind of a tourist it's still there. drawing. yeah. And that's one of my favorite places to camp. Yeah. You can fish down there. They have a little park. You can camp. You can fish. It's you can hike. Like a, like a, a seesaw and a yeah. little playground and stuff. And a bathroom. It's and cool. it's a unique area. It's really mm-hmm. kind of cool. And just, just, you know, if you're ever in that neck of the woods, close by are the Hagerman fossil beds. Mm-hmm. So there are all kinds of dinosaur bones that are, you know, dug up there. And it's an ongoing kind of excavation there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's a fun place to go. So if you're ever in that area of yep. Idaho, check it out. It's a cool thing. And if you don't want to go to Idaho, I don't blame you. I'll put pictures on our website. Yeah, it's a good time. So that's my that's one yeah, of my favorite. Stay rocks. out of Idaho. It yeah. sucks. Yeah, don't come here. We're on the whole place is on. Nobody fire. should come here because it's gross and nobody wants to be here. And and we, you know, we suffer through it. But if you come here, you'll hate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my favorite 
rock, rock is Rainbow Bridge. You have to get there by going on Lake Powell in mm-hmm. southern Utah. Yeah, I've been there with you. Yeah, yeah. So you get on there, and you're actually, I think you're probably in Arizona when you get to Rainbow mm-hmm. Bridge. But it's just an arch. And the only way to get there is to go on this lake. And Lake Powell is amazingly huge. Weird. It's long with lots of, of channels that kind of feed into it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, like, I guess you would call it beach line. Yeah, uh, but a lot of it is you're going up these little narrow canyons in yep. the water. It's like fingering out all directions. Yeah, yeah, like a sun ray. Yeah, it's it's really a cool lake, mm-hmm. and it's hot. It's really hot down there. See, and there's a lot of petroglyphs down in that area too. Rock so if you go down in that area, you have to go. I think it's about 25 miles by boat. Wow. And you there's a little place where you can dock your boat, little dock there. Mm-hmm. And you can walk in. It's probably another mile. And there is this bridge made of rock. It's just an arch. Like a natural bridge. Uh-huh. And it's called Rainbow Bridge. Right. And we went there with some good friends of ours and explored Lake Powell. And, you know, that whole area is so cool. I mean, southern Utah and Arizona mm-hmm. and New Mexico. Is that Zion National Zion Park. Zion National Park. And all Arches the National Park. art. I mean, not art, but like rocks. Canyon lands. Yeah, it is. It is weird. It is so cool. Mm -hmm. And I think you could live your whole life there and never run out of things to look at. Nope. But anyway, that's a a really cool one for me. I know there are other places, but as far as the ones that I have seen, those are like my favorite. Those three stuck out, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the ones I spoke of, but I just, I, I think it'd be cool to see those. Especially because yeah. two of them are not on the continent. I right. Yeah, it would be fun to go to Easter Island. Ding. Anyway. <laughs> it would be fun to go to Easter Island. Yeah. I think it would be fun to Easter. take some motorcycles yeah. over there. Because I feel like that uh, area is like, much more you know, hilly at, and rolly and green and lush. Looking and, at it from you know Google Earth, mm-hmm. it's not very big. No. It's, it's as, I mean, it's, I don't think it's as big as Hawaii. So I work with uh, some, like a Hungarian guy. Mm-hmm. His name's Attila. I call him Attila the Hungarian. <laughs> and he's super cool. One of the nicest people in the world. He lived in a castle with his family. Like, he's straight up European. <laughs> but I, I always make fun of him. It's like, you can go from Boise to Nampa. And be in a different country. Yeah. You can be, uh, yeah, now we got to speak a different language. We use different money now. Because we went on the freeway for an hour. Two hours. Two hours and you're off your your country. It's like like the eastern states of the U.S. It's like tiny, 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 tiny. That's like their whole area. Yeah. And then Russia. (laughs) Gigantuan. We own all of Siberia. We have lots of oil. Do you guys like snow? Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So anyway, let's get back to our rocks. I yeah, mean, we're off. We get off track all the time. So before we went down to our favorite rocks, what were we talking about? <laughs> so let's just reel all the way back. Let's go back to where and we were talking about petroglyphs and we were talking about this, you know, we had the dragons and the serpents and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that are on these these rocks all over the world. We were kind of going to launch into other things that are on these rocks that are also mm-hmm. like dragons and serpents are all over the place. And one of those that I thought was really weird, there are 
on these rocks in, let's just say, in the Americas, mm-hmm. a lot of these weird humanoid characters. Right. Symbols. Some of them look like aliens. Some of them look like giants. Some of them look like Bigfoot. Some of them look like horned creatures from outer space. Some of them look like reptilians. I mean, it's just weird. A lot of them look like chimeras. They'll have wings or they'll they'll have horns or they'll have... Animal characters. Right. And so these things populate a lot of the petroglyphs that you Mm -hmm. see in the Americas. But they also are frequently seen in other rock art formations throughout the world. In Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Mesopotamia, Africa, um, Asia. The same kind of things keep coming up. Mm -hmm. And that is really a weird thing. So one of those things, besides the uh, serpents and the dragons, are the depictions of what a lot of people believe are shaman and holy men. Mm -hmm. But really, you know, nobody really knows for sure. Right, you have no way, you can't ask somebody for no, that time No, it's like, was this, is this weird chimera, is it symbolic of, a, of your shaman, mm-hmm. of your tribe? Or is this actually saying something about some mythological creature? Right. And Native American cultures are ripe with all kinds of mythological creatures. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be fun, because some of these depictions could be those characters, that we talk about some of those. One of those that people talk about are... The Native American legends of water babies. Do you, have you heard about these? Yeah, I think when we were talking about the podcast, that was one of the ones I wanted to do. That you brought up. Yeah, the I think water so. babies. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're fairly close to where we are. These water baby... Mythologies. Or yeah, legends, mythology legends. stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was one of the first things I wanted to do was water babies. And it seems creepy, but it has the word baby in it. So, I'm like... <sighs> Yeah, I'm not scared of you. Baby. So, so what is your understanding of what water babies are as far as their mythology or legend? I think they're kind of almost like impish or like elf, like fairies. A, the fairies that mm-hmm. I was talking yeah. about. They're like almost pranksty or like the black-eyed children. They're deceptive and they want to lure you and they want to guide you into into something, into like another realm. And their end game is to lead away children or people. Mm-hmm. By pretending to be young infants. Like like black-eyed children. Yeah. yeah. Or you could almost take it to like the idea of mermaids and sirens. Yeah. Which, which is are manatees. Manatees. Yeah. Whatever they are. The creatures that call you towards a body of water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like you think somebody's in trouble, a child's drowning. Mm-hmm. And you go to rescue them. And then, lo and behold... They lure you out and take you and drown you. You are in the upside down. Mm -hmm. In the Indian Native American legends, they would tell these stories to warn children, basically, I think, to stay away from the water. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah. Water's dangerous. Especially if you don't know how to hold your breath and or swim. But, you know, what's weird about it is this is not a mythology that is unique to Native American culture. Right. You find the same thing in, well, what's a famous one? Children of the Corn. <laughs> I don't know. What? So go to Ireland. What do they have? Up the uh, Loch Nessie. Leprechauns. Oh. You have the little leprechaun people. They keep you away from water? Well, no, no. that okay. They're not specifically right, water. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But they're leprechauns and fairies mm-hmm. and, and things, water nymphs, that, <laughs> that yes. tempt you to go towards the water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, water's dangerous. People drowned. Mm-hmm. 
Hansel and, and Gretel. They don't drown. They get cooked no, in they an get oven by the witch. In an oven by a witch, but leprechauns, <laughs> Hansel and Gretel. I thought we were on a train of kids. Oh yeah, Be okay. Wary. You were taking the kid train. I was, I was taking the, the water fairy train. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> I don't know. You can have the old water fairies known as mermaids. Right. Or you can have the young baby water babies. Young and, baby water But anyway, baby. their end result is the same. People mm-hmm. drown. Right? Mm-hmm. Same thing happens when, you know, like people that were floating in big boats across the ocean. Mm-hmm. And they had the legends of the mermaids that would, you know, sirens that would tempt people to join them and they would drown them so it's the same kind of weirdness but i i can almost understand the origin of those mythologies right as a practical one unlike maybe like the dragons and the serpents mm-hmm. that have a different kind of like uh thing where people come from outer space or they come from another dimension or they're gods or whatever right to me that's a little different than like water nymphs yeah or mermaids specifically you have Let's say, I don't know how many people ran a normal ship, right, with sails. It was a it was a heavy-duty, rough-and-tough group of dudes. Yeah. Probably not a lot of female interaction. And I don't know if you know anything about dudes, but they're female-driven. <laughs> and so I, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, people legitimately went insane. And that was like, well, they saw a mermaid. They saw a woman in the water. Mm-hmm. They were that, they were going to. That was their hallucination. Yeah, it was like some kind of like. And weird... how they met their demise. Well, you think about these mm-hmm. people out on boats. They end up out in the middle of the ocean. With scurvy. And wind stops. Yeah. No. Hotter pro- No propulsion. And humid. Where can they go? What can they do? So they sit out there and they languish in these dead, windless, calm ocean. Mm-hmm. They can't go anywhere. Suck, man. And then, so you know, food is a is a commodity that is limited. Yep. And people are longing for companionship, other you know, their loved ones or whatever. I want you to play the song "Cabin Fever" from Muppet Treasure Island. Cabin Fever. Yeah, right here. Yeah, it is good. So, I mean, I can understand the origin of the whole idea of mermaids and stuff and how they, you know, you go out there, you long enough, you might start having hallucinations. hallucinations, And you're malnourished, Mm -hmm. way dehydrated. They had to have been. You can't carry that much water. No. Along with all the food, along Mm -hmm. with all of the stuff you're supposed to be transporting. Mm -hmm. Yep. On land, you know, kids go out and they drown. Mm -hmm. They run away. Mom and dad's not watching. And so they run away and they're out there by their, and then they fall in. And then what do they do? You know, they make up stories they to blame this tragedy on. You know, they could yeah. easily come up with that kind of thing. So we have water babies. Yep. And maybe some of the petroglyphs depict that kind of nefarious kind of creature. Yeah. Um, another one would be the skinwalker. Ooh, whole another topic we yeah. could go on. A- and, and so the Skinwalker, we could do a whole episode or maybe even a series on the idea of the Skinwalker, which is basically a witch who 
has the ability to basically cast a spell that allows them to become kind of this weird creature that takes on the powers of like an animal. Very often a cannibalistic aspect to right. it. Right, yes. Like and a like a wolf or something that's, that will eat humans as protein. Now that's interesting to me because that is also a lot of the kind of mythology that you find surrounding these you know like we talked a little bit about the watchers that came Mm -hmm. from you know the gods that came down and had offspring that offspring was often noted as being cannibalistic and if not cannibalistic they would be extremely violent towards humanity crazy yeah just totally violent that would just kill them they would kill them like we kill rock chucks or gophers you know just go out for fun and just kill a bunch of humans today so, I mean, that's kind of the legend of that. So, I find it interesting in the legends of skinwalkers that they're, like, cannibalistic. Mm-hmm. And they go after and assume the power of whatever creature that they're walking mm-hmm. in the skin of and then take out humans. Right. I've heard... I've heard. Um, so, it's weird that you bring it up. A, a podcast that I really like, that he actually just did a skinwalker ranch. Oh, a skinwalker ranch? Yeah, episode. I just he, I just did, watched that whole series on what was it A E or whatever. It's pretty good. Pretty it was fun. you know it's creepy. It's weird what goes on there, but mm-hmm. you kind of see they get into like this. Well, anyway, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, but anyway, this guy Dan Cummins. The the podcast is called Time Suck. Time Suck. Yeah, it's really good. It's an awesome podcast. One of my it might be my favorite. But yeah. um, we almost like it better than ourselves. Yeah, but right, go ahead. He <laughs> goes over everything. This is why it's on my mind. You brought it up totally innocently. But if I remember right, and there's a lot of Native American stories that are like this, um, like another one that he did previously, the Wendigo. Mm-hmm. Wendigo. Um, basically, yeah. like a, in a way to recapture their humanity yeah. to eat after becoming a witch and after becoming this evil, they can't satisfy their hunger for their human flesh for their humanity. Yes. So, okay, just parallel to that. Okay. So the story of, you know, that Jesus talks about in biblical narrative about disembodied spirits. Mm-hmm. And mm. so they they are disembodied spirits that long for the ability to have a body again, to inhabit. And so they're, they're basically like the skinwalker. They're w- longing to be human again. They're longing to be inside of a body that is that is solid Mm -hmm. and it's the same kind of thing it talks about these evil spirits that they don't have a body so they they possess another body yeah and then when they're cast out of that body it hurts it's you know it's it's a painful situation so they try to find a place to go Mm -hmm. and i wonder you know that's a very similar kind of thought so in a skinwalker um they want to be human again they're searching for a human and that's why they they take on these forms of of wolves or whatever animals around similar to the pigs that run off a cliff. So which is really cool you got there. I just got a goosebumps. Ooh. I read so those you're in high school. Disembodied spirits looking for a habitation for their spirit, right? Mm-hmm. That is the same narrative as we talked about in one of our first podcasts in cattle mutilations. Right. It's like what would you do to be able to be inside of a body or a tent for your spirit once you get there then you're like bigfoot you're talking about grays 
you're talking about blues, you're talking about reptilians, you're talking about the ability to put a spirit in a body. In a biological suit. Biological suit. It's basically a skinwalker. Yeah. And and a lot of people speculate. There's Bigfoot. A lot of a lot of cattle mutilations at Skinwalker Ranch, I believe. Yes. And just around Bigfoot and all those things. And it's always connected to UFOs, which is always connected to some kind of like sexual organ kind of experimentation or reproductive organs that are kind of, it's almost like people are, or something, not people, something is trying to create a livable body for a disembodied spirit or skinwalker. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there because we're right there. You know, this is one of the things we talked it's about. Weird. And it is something that, you know, even if you're a Bigfoot enthusiast or if you're somebody who talks about these other things, UFOs, cattle mutilations, you know, when you get into the paranormal side or you get to the you know, trans-dimensional side, or, and then you kind of marry in a little bit of this, you know, the mythology of like disembodied spirits or Watchers or Nephilim or Raphaim or whatever you want to do, the Anunnaki. It's like all of a sudden, all of these creatures are looking for the same thing, which is they're looking for a physical home for their spirits. Weird. This is weird. Hey guys, this is Mike, and I'm cutting in here because the conversation on this topic kept going and going to the tune of two and a half hours. And rather than losing some of that content, we've decided to cut this episode in half. We're gonna pick up next time right here and continue this conversation on to its climactic finish. And it's only gonna get weirder, stranger, and funner from here on out. I guess funner is a word. Anyway, until next time, keep it strange, taters. Taters.